Hey there, welcome to BSing with Brandy, where our mission is to get shit done. So I'm your host, Brandy Good, and today we're going to talk about how you can reduce shiny object syndrome, save time, maybe even save money by using these six steps to choose the best tech software apps for your business. So our topic today was inspired by dozens of members of my community who have asked over the years questions like, should I use A or B for this um, business function? Or which app is best for doing whatever it is? So like some common questions might be, if people are wanting to schedule social media and they might say, oh, should I use Hootsuite or Buffer? Or should I use Later or Planoly? Um, it might be which app is best for doing simple edits for images on my phone, things like that. So at a more detailed level, this is answering these questions. Um, this is what I do for my consulting clients. They generally have more complex business needs. But um, what I recognize is that sometimes people, they just have a really simple question or they don't need a full consultation. They just need to be kind of pointed in the right direction. They need to know where to start. Um, and that can get them on the road to choosing the best software. So here's a quick rundown of what I'm going to cover, and then we'll go into a bit more detail for these six steps. So step number one <laughs> is actually, I'm not going to spoil it yet, but it's actually the thing that you shouldn't do first that most people do first. So I'm going to tell you not to do that thing. Uh, step number two is to be clear on what you need before you start shopping for whatever tech it is that you're looking for. Um, that's a big one. Step three is understanding, is this something that you actually want to DIY yourself or even to DIY with the help of whatever software you choose? Or is this something that is better off just being outsourced completely? Step four is understanding your must-have features and functions versus the kind of like nice to have ones. Then step five is budget. Um, talk about money. And that's something that people usually put up much higher on the list. Um, but in the end, what something costs shouldn't always be the most important factor in what you're choosing. It is important but there's other things you should be considering first. And then step six, the last step, um, we're going to talk about tech support and recommendations for those tools. So that's a quick, a quick overview. And now let's jump into a bit of detail about these steps. Okay, step number one, the thing that you shouldn't do first is start to Google. <laughs> Don't go down the Google rabbit hole searching for like what is the best app for editing photos? What is the best app for doing my bookkeeping? What is the best app for making videos? 
don't start with that um, unless you have a ton of time to spare because that is the, the key to getting overwhelmed, to falling prey to shiny object syndrome because all of these articles and reviews and things are going to pop up in a Google search that are going to tell you why these 1,000 tools are each the best tool that you should be using. And they'll talk about why that is and all of those points are valid. But the fact remains is that what's right for someone else and their business isn't going to be right for you all of the time, right? Um, so don't start Googling. <laughs> uh, you can start Googling later, we'll get to that, but don't make that the first thing you do because you're gonna find yourself overwhelmed and frustrated, um, especially if you're not a super techie person to start with, but even if you are techie, um, falling down that rabbit hole just eats up a lot of time and you want to try to avoid going there if you can. So step one, don't Google. Don't Google yet, okay? So step two, and this one is really, really critical, um, is to be clear on what you need before you start shopping. So here's what can happen. If you, you know, okay, I want to do, what's the best example? Um, something that most of us can relate to. Let's just, let's just choose social media scheduling um, because it's something that probably 90% of us have used or at least are a bit familiar with. So say you're like, you need to pick a scheduler because you need to streamline some things. Um, if you start Googling, you know, you're going to get all the tools are going to be popping up saying this is the best to use and here's why. Um, and then you're going to start looking at all the features they have and going, oh, that's cool. That sounds neat. Oh, wow. I didn't know I could do that. But in the meantime, what's getting lost is what you specifically need the scheduler to do. And so I'm not, I'm not talking about like a general oh, I need to be able to put my posts into it and send it out. You need to get more detailed. So if you were, and you can actually do this exercise on paper, if it's something you've never done before, um, or in your favorite like planning tool. So imagine yourself or actually write down these things. Okay, here's what I need to do with my social media posts. So I am writing the post or even to back it up, I'm brainstorming the post, I'm writing the post, here are the links that need to go with it, here are the photos that need to go with it, maybe it has a video, what's the call to action, what, um, does it have any hashtags or any special formatting that you like to use? Now you take that, now you have to load that into a scheduler. Okay, then, once it's in the scheduler, does it go out just once? Is it evergreen? Does it go out multiple times? Do you need it to go out just randomly whenever? Does it have to go out on a specific day or a specific time of year and then stop and then start again on that specific time of year? Which networks does it need to go to? And do you want to send it to all of those at the same time, or do you want it to be a bit more staggered? Um, then 
do you need notifications that those things have been posted when it comes to Instagram? Do you want notifications and then post manually or do you want it to auto post for you? What kind of analytics do you need to see from those posts and do you want to see them in your scheduling tool? Do you want to be able to repost things right from your tool? That's just off the top of my head what <laughs> the process of what you do with a single social media post might be. And so once you've answered those questions and anything else you can think of, then you know what features and what functions you need when you do get to the point that you can start Googling. So once you're clear on that, then I give you permission to Google. And when you're looking at feature lists, it will be so much easier for you to be able to say to yourself, okay, this one does have all the features I need. And then tool number two over here is actually missing quite a few. So let's just cross that off the list right away and not even look at it anymore. Tool number three has some of them, but not all of them. So we'll kind of keep that in the maybe category. So that will go so much faster, I promise. <laughs> um, so now you've got, so not only at this point, you actually now have a workflow created without even realizing it, which is super, super valuable <laughs> for your business. So you're starting to get an idea of what tool you might be best for you, but you also have a workflow. And so now at this point, I want you to stop and say to yourself, okay, so this is step number three. Say to yourself, okay, is this something I actually want to do even with the help of this tool? Or is this something that I just want to hire somebody else to do? Now, the reason why this is an important question, because at this point you have your workflow, so you have a step-by-step -step thing worked out that if you handed this task off to somebody, they should be able to do it because you have a detailed do step A, B, C, D, and then this happens, and then check this, and then it's done. So that's how you outsource. <laughs> um, because even using software that saves you time, if the thing that you're doing isn't something that you like to do, then that is not necessarily time well spent. So if you can afford to outsource it, then at that point, do it. Now, the other benefit of outsourcing might be that the person that you're outsourcing to, because they're the expert in whatever that thing is, they might already have all the software that you need to do whatever it is you need to do. And you might not have to pay for it yourself. Now, you can, you can get your own account if you want, but you might be at a, at a place where you don't want to spend that money. And I'm going to talk about this more when we get to budget. But um, definitely keep in mind, do you actually want to be doing this? Do you need to be doing it? Or does it make more sense to outsource it? Because if you're like 100%, I'm going to outsource it, then things go a lot easier because all that at that point, all you have to do is decide, does the person who's going to do it, are they going to use the software that I choose and then just run it all? Or am I going to look for somebody that already has the software that needs to work? So if you have decided that um, 
you are going to get the software, whether or not you're going to outsource or DIY, then you want to move on to step four, which is understanding the must-have features and functions that you need versus the nice-to-have. So the simplest thing is to look at your look at your workflow and see what what all the steps are that you have and then kind of circle the things that are critical that have to happen in order for whatever your task is to be accomplished effectively. So I'll go back to social media scheduling. So one of those steps was, okay, you need it to post to, let's say, Facebook, your Facebook page, and your Facebook group, and LinkedIn, and Google My Business. So you need it to go to those four places. Um, and you're, you are a local business, and you have a good local reputation, your SEO is good, so you know that people are finding you through Google searches, which means that having Google My Business postings are really important. And so right away, when you're when you're looking at, okay, I need to post a Google My Business listing, that's gonna be a critical feature. So any tools that you, that you look at, if there's one that just has everything except it's missing Google My Business posting, then maybe you can cross that one off the list. Maybe there's another one that has Google My Business posting. It's missing a few features, but they're not like the end of the world features. Maybe that one actually is the right one for you. So definitely um, understand the things that are most important. And then keep in mind the things that are nice to have because it's always um, good to understand, okay, if this software rolls out a new feature and that's one of your, oh, it would be nice to have this and they have it, then that's awesome for you. If you notice something else that was maybe equal, if you were trying to choose between two things and there was the only difference between them was, um, or sorry, not the, the difference between them now is that one just rolled out one of those nice to, feature, nice to have features, maybe that's the one you switch to. So don't, um, again, this has a little bit to do with shiny object syndrome, just because something has a features list that's like, 50 items long, and then the next tool you look at has a features list that only has 10 things, it doesn't mean the one with 50 things is better um, because maybe the one with 10 things has all of your must-have features. So that's important. Don't um, just go, oh, it can do this and this and this, but if you don't need that, then who cares if it can do all those things? So don't forget about that step. Then we come to step five, which is budget. So let's talk about money. Um, a lot of people will just look at tools. They'll go down that rabbit hole. They'll have a, a whole bunch of tabs open with all these tools and they're looking at all the prices and the prices are probably a little bit all over the place. Um, and it's hard to just compare prices for software because everything functions a little bit different. A new company might have a lower price because they're trying to onboard more people um, or a bigger company might have a lower price simply because they have a ton of volume and they can they can afford to give people a low price point um, some other tools might have might seem like they have a high price point but actually have way more features um, 
just as a quick example, and because it's something that's come up a, a ton in the last two weeks, uh, is Kajabi, which is a tool for um, hosting online courses and membership sites that I love and I use. And a lot of people get turned off Kajabi because they look at the, the monthly price, which seems steep at first glance. But when you compare it to a lot of the other course platforms out there, so things like Thinkific, um, Teachable, God, what else is there? Those are the, <laughs> the two big ones. Um, even lead pages, you know, you can kind of cobble together courses on there. Um, Member Vault, those kinds of things. Those other tools don't include all of the functionality of Kajabi. So when you look at what you're paying for Kajabi and you think, oh, like say there's there's one plan that's say $200 a month. So it might be like, holy shit, <laughs> that's a lot. And then you, so you go, no, I'm not going to use that. I'm going to use this thing over here, which only cost me $15 a month. And then you sign up for it and you start using it and you're like, oh, it doesn't include emailing my students. So now you have to use, sign up for some sort of email marketing software and oh, I can't do assessments for my students. And now you have to sign up for some sort of quiz or assessment software. Or, oh, I can't host, it doesn't host my videos for me. Now I have to pay for video hosting, which holy crap can be really, really expensive people. Um, if you don't want your stuff on YouTube where people can technically find it, even though it's unlisted, um, and you want something like, um, like Vimeo hosting, um, it can get really expensive. <laughs> um, and that's like, that's just the surface. So when you start to add things up in the end, you're probably going to pay a higher monthly cost for hosting your course or your membership somewhere else, as opposed to using Kajabi. So that it's important to um, get to the point where that's why it's important to understand what features you need. Because then when you're looking at the prices of things, you go, okay, well, this has all the features I need, and it's this one price. This one is a super low price, but it's missing five of my must-have features, and if I have to get those, it's going to cost X dollars, you know, and next thing you know, you're paying five times more. So knowing exactly what you need and knowing what your must-have features are make the um, price comparison a lot easier. The other thing too is if you if you decide you're going to outsource, um, this is when you can decide, okay, I'm going to outsource, but do I want, do I still want to get the software and have somebody use my, um, like my account? Or do I just want to hire someone else who already has that software. So depending on what the service is, it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you have to have your own, <laughs> your own subscription for something. Um, but if you, if your budget is really tight and it's something that you don't need constant access to, to be able to log in and see things, then having someone else just do something for you in their software might make sense. Um, here's an example. 
first. So when I started my business, I had a bookkeeper and I just sent her like spreadsheets and stuff and receipts and she put it all into her accounting software that she had on her computer. So I couldn't log in and that was okay because she would send me reports. But eventually it got to the point where I needed to keep on top of my finances a lot more and I needed to see like cash flows and things throughout the month and know what invoices were outstanding, what were coming up, that kind of stuff. And having to ask her for those kinds of things all the time, um, it just, half the time I, I didn't because I was like, oh, I, I would just say to myself, oh, I wish I could just log in and see these things. <laughs> and so eventually I did switch and I got my own subscription to online accounting software so that now my bookkeeper just signs into my account and I can see everything at a glance. I could have let her use her software and then she create, could have created a user account for me. So it would have worked either way. Um, but it was, it was me getting clear on what I actually needed on a monthly basis and I needed to be able to access things. So that's, that's how I decided, you know what, I'm just going to sign up for the software myself and then add her as user. Then the last thing I want to say about budget is, again, you might be at a point where even though there's this perfect tool out there that has all the features you need, the, depending on what you're using it for, um, it might not be like a cost recovery thing. Like when I talk about Kajabi for courses, because you're using Kajabi to spe specifically to sell something, it's a cost recovery kind of situation, right? Like you can look at the monthly cost. If it's $200 a month and you have a course that's $200, well, then you have to sell 12 courses in a year and Kajabi is paid for itself and everything else is gravy. Um, if it's like your bookkeeping software, it's maybe not quite so straightforward. So then it's just more like an expense that you have to think about. But I'm not saying that you should always go with the highest priced thing, right? If you are just starting out with something and you're not sure if investing is worth it, then start with something on the lower end as long as you understand what you're actually getting for that price and that you know, okay, there might be some things I still have to do manually or that I can't do right now, but here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pay for this, I'm gonna try it out. I'm gonna see if it's worth my time. Do I have extra time? Do I feel better about things just happening more smoothly? And if that's the case, then you know, okay, this was a good investment. So maybe you can upgrade your plan or move to something that has more of those features that you're looking for. Again, all of these things are really, really unique to every business and it's why you have to think about it and when in doubt, start small. That brings us to step number six. So this one is, um, I would say about half of the time, this is something that people think about, uh, especially these days. 
but half of the time they they don't or they go about it the wrong way and that has to do with uh, the support that whatever that tool is has as well as recommendations so this can go good or bad <laughs> so if you are shopping for a tool and you reach out to um, the sales team for that tool and ask them is this right for me you know, let's face it, a lot of the times, most of them are going to say, oh, absolutely, it's great. And oh, yeah, it does all those things. Like, I have clients who have been outright lied to by sales teams for other software just because they want the sale. And then once the sale is made, you know, you get no support. Um, there are good sales and support teams out there. Um, and those are the ones who are going to tell you when you approach them and say, I need to do this specific step, does your software, does your tech, does your app, does your tool do this? Um, if it doesn't, they, they should say it, it no, <laughs> right? It doesn't do that. Or they might say no, but you can kind of work around it doing this. And sometimes that's all you need. Um, if you are in the habit of reaching out to sales staff, just remember to take, take their advice. I'm not saying like don't trust everyone and everyone's liars, um, but it's just unfortunate that, um, and sometimes it's, it's, sometimes it's unintentional. Like you can get people who have just been hired uh, to a company and you ask them, does your software do this? And they might not even know because they don't know the tool as well. Uh, so you have to kind of go a step beyond just reaching out to sales and support staff and you have to start asking your community for recommendations now here's the thing you need to be careful about and again this is something that has come up a lot uh recently um is talking about like affiliate marketing and influencer marketing so you might go and ask 10 people okay um, I'm trying to choose between these two tools. Which one do you prefer? Now, nine of those people might tell you, oh, tool A is the best. But consider those nine people, maybe they have been in business with you, have been in business, say for 20 years, they're all super established, super successful. Um, and they use tool A. And chances are tool A, a little bit expensive. It has all the bells and whistles. <laughs> um, maybe you're just starting out. And person, the 10th person says, oh, I use tool B. Chances are tool B is a lot lower cost. And maybe tool B is right for you right now because maybe you're not ready for tool A. So Keep in mind when people are recommending tools to you, they might be in a different place in business and also have different business needs. So again, it goes back to step number two where you need to be really clear on um, what you need, what features you need, what functions you need. So just remember when you are online and you see someone you really admire recommending a certain tool, that they're using it probably in a way that might be much different than the way that you're going to need to use it. And it might just be a matter of you only need like these three features. 
and they're using all 50 features and they are making like $5 million a year. So paying $200 a month for something is like pocket change, right? So just look for the people who are closer to what you're doing in terms of what you need, um, also what their business is and maybe where they are with their business. Don't go around asking people how much they're making every year. Don't do that. <laughs> um, but just take all of this stuff with a grain of salt and then pull the recommendations from the people who either seem to understand where you're at the best or understand what you need the best. Okay. So with that being said, that wraps up today's episode of BSing with Brandy. So if you enjoyed this topic, you can find more like it at bsingwithbrandy.com. And that's Brandy with an I, not a Y. You can also find uh, the show notes and links to any resources that I mentioned today. And while you're there, feel free to subscribe to future episodes on the platform of your choice because this is going out on things like Spotify and Google Podcasts and all those, all those things. So I wish you all the best getting shit done this week. Talk to you later. Bye.